You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today's guest is Orange County Immigration Attorney, Christelle DeMuro. We'll be talking with Christelle about the work visa process, what's happening under the new Biden administration, and how COVID-19 continues to impact the process. Christelle has a lot to share with us. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome back to Workplace Perspective, Christelle DeMuro. Yes, thank you, Teresa, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm so excited to have you back. I love talking about immigration, and there's so much to talk about. But before we get started, why don't you uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Yes, so I am actually an expatriate from France. You can tell from my accent. I've been living in the U.S. for 27 years almost. I uh, became an attorney here, and my law practice is focused on employment, uh, immigration, business immigration. Uh, I work a lot with some uh, com- French companies, investors, and from time to time, I also do family-based green cards through marriage and such. That's the, the core of my business. All right. Well, we're about... 100 plus days into a new presidential administration that's really struggling to shift existing U.S. policy uh, on immigration and also to immigrate COVID-19 protection protocols. Um, We are not a political podcast, but um, we're going to talk about this aspect of it because it's really impacting the visa process and getting workers to the U.S. and fulfilling jobs that we have in the U.S. and impacting people's work lives. So let's start first talking a bit broadly about how the restrictions that have been put in place uh, and what the Biden administration is doing and the impact that that's having um, on immigration to the U.S. Yes. So, yes, you're right, Teresa. We are facing uh, two two different challenges at at this time. Uh, We are coming out of an administration that um, closed down really a lot of uh, on immigration, all kind of immigration, uh, legal and illegal, uh, refugees, employment, green cards, all type. Uh, so this is the first component of the Biden administration that they are trying to redirect into their own agenda, right? The, the second major challenge we're having is, of course, with COVID and the restrictions on travel to avoid the spread of the virus and now the new variants uh, 
put a lot of uh, a big strain on consulates because they had to close down so many times and for extended period of times there is an enormous backlog and this is very pretty much in all consulates embassies in all over the world uh, so the, the the new administration now but it could have been you know in the political party uh, <laughs> has to deal with covid the 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 corrections on or the let's say the different directions this new administration is taking now is just more on their um, aligned with their values and what they're trying to achieve uh, i guess you, you want to go into more detail <laughs> let me see uh, which, what would you like to talk about Teresa? whether it could be the impact on on the consular processing for the people stuck abroad or more of the companies here trying to deal with a uh, shortage in in, in uh, the workforce, or we can take any direction in the discussion. I'm, I'm happy to talk about anything. I want to talk about all those things. I don't think we're going to have time, but I want to talk about all those <laughs> things. But so let's start. So let's kind of start with the the what the administration is doing now to sort of ease the visa process burden. Okay. Or maybe they're uh, not. <laughs> yeah, I, well, um, there was the rhetoric correct during the um, the campaign last year up to the election and what really the Biden administration wanted to achieve uh, right off the bat so as you may recall i pay attention to this but i realize not everybody does um there was the new immigration bill that was put forth to congress immediately of course, this immigration bill has been ready and is being um, tweaked and rewritten um, every every year or so. But it's been trying to pass in Congress for as long as I think uh, Bush, um, George W. Bush, and every president since then, except for um, Donald Trump, did uh, never could get that immigration bill passed. So. But Biden, once again, like every president, every mandate proposed a new immigration bill because the, the system is really doesn't work very well. It's very broken. There is it's a, a lot of patchwork of laws and it just doesn't serve our purpose here. Um, um, so Biden talked about I'm going to try to fix what was done and he did that. Of course, there was the, the bill was not even put to a vote. Uh, he took a few measures right away. He opened up to DACA, the, the deferred action on children, uh, children arrivals. So those people were uh, heavily impacted by the Trump administration. They could not renew their uh, work permit. So those, that was corrected. Biden also opened up to refugees. Uh, this is not the type of law practice, but I have a lot of friends who do that. And that was great news for them. Um, but then... For the more regular, or at least my, you know, the scope of my work with employment and investment-based visas, uh, the great issue was getting those people from abroad to come to the U.S. and work. And we have COVID. So last year, there was a couple of presidential proclamations that Trump passed, and he said, we don't want anyone here not only because of COVID, but also because they are taking Americans' job, okay? So that was a two-pronged ban that he had. With Biden, it's only really, the, the, the prong is really mostly COVID. He's really worried about that. And rightfully, we don't want, you know, people coming here with the variants from the UK or South Africa. Or, 
but Biden did not uh, ease up on the restrictions to for certain type of visa. And in fact, uh, early March, the rules became stricter. Uh, there are very limited exceptions to get a work visa, any type of work visa, unless you work in a very specific field, uh, uh, health, for example, um, nuclear industry, <laughs> but you know, the regular type of engineer and architect and our restaurants, I do a lot of those, they don't really have the grounds to be eligible for this visa. And they are waiting. They are waiting. They've been waiting for several months now, and they can either apply for an initial visa or they can even return to their own business. And later I can I can uh, mention a few anecdotes of people that are heavily impacted um, by that. But so, you know, it's uh, I think overall, just to sum up that part of the discussion, Biden, I think, is trying to put an effort to welcome back the president, uh, to welcome back the immigrants, I'm sorry, whether and not based on their religion, you remember the Muslim ban, you know, all of this, mm -hmm. this is over, but the COVID-19 situation renders the, 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 it's becoming a challenge for the administration to, to um, ab abide by their promises because they are really limited in what they can do for health reasons. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how this is just impacts everything. Uh, COVID plus politics. COVID plus and and if we mention if we discuss your uh, you know you are aware of law you are uh, you know an outstanding employment attorney Teresa. So let's talk about some employers here. We hear in the news uh, this has been going for a few weeks now that they cannot hire U.S. workers. Uh, because some of them want to avoid being exposed to the, 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 the virus or the new variants. Uh, and also because they are better at home uh, earning unemployment. It's a, it's a challenge. And I, I, you know, as a business, I, I have a business degree. So I, I, this is one thing I bring to the table with my client. And I try to explain to them but. Think about it. If those your workers, and I'm thinking about my restaurants, you know, that those clients were all over the country. Mm -hmm. If you cannot hire them back because they are earning more with unemployment, which is low, it's notoriously low in the United States. Perhaps it's because they were not paying much to start with. They, they work on their business model and they have the business plans to follow, but um, this is not sometimes we have to really think about basic issues and, uh, and those considerations. Uh, but right now, that is correct. The, the, the employers are trying to get their employees back, visas or not, but people are not returning to work. That's, and it's, it's a major challenge for uh, you know, if the work cannot be done remotely, obviously, I'm not talking about, you know, people like you and me, we are in the field of, of uh, in an industry, we can work from a home office, right. but it's not true for a lot of people. And those people impacted uh, were, are not the high earners. And it is true that the government's help is, is uh, an incentive for them to perhaps wait and see if they can you know, take classes online and get a better 
training or find another opportunity, but uh, they are not returning to work. N not not en masse, you know. No, and, and yeah, and that's a that's a whole that's a whole nother show. The, yes, uh, the idea sure. about vaccinations in the workplace and all of the healthy, safe workplace and all of that. But uh, for right now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, some practical advice from Christelle on waiting out the visa backlog. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12 hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us, like us, give us a review on your favorite podcast app, it means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Orange County Immigration Attorney Christelle DeMuro about immigration and the lingering impacts of COVID-19 on the visa process. Christelle, before the break, you mentioned remote work, and that, that got me thinking about the idea that, you know, a lot of people that can do work remotely... Um, have to be impacted by the visas. So is that lessening the burden? So our company is saying, okay, fine, we can't get you here, but we can still put you to work, or is it still a burden? No, this is a great point. Uh, and I've had this uh, situation with uh, uh, a few clients, so those the, the companies. The largest structure, I have a client here in Irvine, Synoptech, uh, tend to hire a lot of software engineers from a lot of them from India, some from Russia. It's a little bit all over in Asia as well. Uh, those structure do not want to commit to put people on payroll. I mean, whether as a salaried employee on W-2 or independent contractor on 1099 for the whole array of reasons, uh, liability, just difficult to manage the, 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 the time difference. It's not logistically, it's not easy to work with someone who's 12 hour ahead. Uh, so, but in the, in the smaller structure, there is a lot more flexibility. And I'll give you a very telling example. I just, uh, I successfully had a petition approved in three days with a, a fast processing with USCIS that was amazing for training. Uh, she's from France. Uh, the, the association is based in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's, um, it, it's an educational organization. And they really wanted her, they really want to train her because there is a possibility later on that she may work with the company. And they said, look, even if she cannot change her status, she has another visa and we, are, we were switching her to H3. They say, look, if we cannot do this from here, it's okay. Then she goes back to Europe. She goes back to France 
and will work remotely. And we will train her and we'll do as much as we can to train her electronically online using what we do now, Zoom and all of these devices. Uh, and, and later when she can apply and get the visa, she'll come back and we'll have in-person meetings. So uh, thankfully, we didn't have to do that because the petition was approved. It was a, a, a two pound uh, packet of paper, Teresa, <laughs> for a trainee visa. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> so imagine when they are H-1B, it's about three pounds of paper each. It's just uh, USCIS is only accept paper petitions. So it's a little bit of a dinosaur. Wow. Uh, there, but uh, so that you know that shows you there is some people willing to accommodate the situation. Now, uh, that was for this client that's my client who was already here, and that changes the whole scenario. If you are in the US, there are many possibilities to switch your status by filing the paperwork here with the Department of Homeland Security, uh, and uh, namely the uh, USCIS, the US Immigration and Naturalization Services, Citizenship Services. If you are abroad, it's a lot more difficult. You have to go through the Department of State to apply for a visa, and that's where they are not giving interviews. They are not giving interviews because the consulates are closed, so they only grant emergency interviews. And to get an emergency interviews, not only you need to show you are eligible on the grounds of, of your particular visa. Uh, so it's, you know, every visa has a different criteria for eligibility. But second, you need to show that you are, your presence in the US is vital to the operations of, of the organization. Wow, that's and, a high standard. And it's a very high standard. In fact, the, the, the consulates, the Paris consulate was one of the last ones to do that. In Rome, in Italy, they were a lot quicker. And in Germany, where I follow, so what's going on, they were uh, on the top of it. But the consulates now have this across-the-board um, list of conditions to meet. It's five questions, very, very limited in scope, where basically you have to document and, and show that you need to be present in the U.S., otherwise it will impact um, uh, detrimentally the business. And this is just not true for, uh, at least for the work I do, it's not, that's not the case, you know. The, How the, true the, could that be for a lot of people? I mean, you'd have to be the CEO of the company. I mean, who's that indispensable, really? Yeah, I mean, in fact, one of the questions on the on this list of five questions is, uh, can you explain to us why your function, your position cannot be done remotely? And have you oh, looked at all the possibilities? I mean, it's, <laughs> it goes well beyond the scope of, of visa application, Teresa. It's extremely difficult. And... Even in those situations where um, the, the visa applicant not only has an interest in the business, so here I'm alluding to my investors' uh, clients, so they have you know, their own money, their own mm -hmm. business is, is at stake, uh, but they work in the operations. You know, so I have, I have here, it's, it, it's a bakery, a bakery, a pastry shop, and it's very big. They, they deliver to hotels and restaurants, and I'm talking very big name. Uh, they have 15 employees, so it's not a tiny, you know, operations. Uh, 
and the owner is one of the of the baker they make specialty french bread so now a lot of americans are trained to prepare this kind of bread so they cannot replace him here and he's been stuck in france since early february and we are in may teresa is wow. is a chef the, the 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 baker the chef works about 80 hours a week eight zero Wow. Because also the, the, the city where they are, uh, I'll try to, to stay as confidential as I can, <laughs> but the city <laughs> where they are located is um, reopening, like much of the U.S. now. We are very fortunate with the vaccine distribution here. And um, they are burned out, completely burned out. And I've, I've bombarded the consulate, that's the one in Paris, with documents, you know, it's not just my arguments. It's there already documentation on payroll, what is being paid, the contracts coming from hotel, the purchase orders. And I say, this person needs to come back. He's vaccinated. Is and it's it's they are you no. Know, we've we've involved the congresswoman, and we are at the senator now. Wow. <laughs> yep. Um, getting political. Orange <laughs> County needs its French bread. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's, this one is not, he's not here to Nevada, actually. <laughs> but um, it's, it can be true anywhere. You know, my clients, uh, immigration is federal, so my clients are all over the place. But this is just to, to, to give you a very concrete example how someone is impacted. And yeah. of course, wow. I, I have... I did the, li- the list is long. I have at least a dozen people. Uh, so they're not necessarily clients. They also are friends of mine. They keep me in the loop. They are supposed to arrive here to work on, on a visa, work visa, to work for an American company or French-owned. It doesn't matter. And for the start of school, uh, so to match, you know, beginning of work and beginning of school for the children. And they, their visa appointment has been um, canceled and pushed back at, to six months. So all of the appointments in April were canceled and pushed back to October. So wow. I, to me, of course, I deal a lot with the people and their own concern and um, about just really some some basic like the house you you know you you made a promise to come and rent a house it this is not going to happen on time the children at school a, a lot of things are happening but for the employers can you imagine how to deal with human resources because the the, the companies want the, those this talent they are not seeking somebody else they're like they're hiring those people because they know the affiliate in the US and they need to manage a team or whatever there, there isn't to hire that foreign person and not a U.S. worker. Now they have to accommodate working remotely, introducing the team via Zoom. I mean, we've been doing this, so I guess this is not <laughs> big news. But um, even for the U.S. employers, it's it's a lot of um, compromise. It's a lot of compromise that they need to do to to try to to keep and retain. Uh, the best employees they have and work within the law. So, you know, paying them here or paying them in France, it's, it's fairly complicated. Uh, But right now the, the situation is that the variants are still going. The proclamation, the present proclamation has not been lifted 
and interviews are not being scheduled on a regular basis, only emergency ones. And so it's very frustrating. And there is no foreseeable uh, foreseeable um, opening of of the of the consulate and of the frontiers. Really, we we just there is no predictable way to 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 give advice to to the people. It's uh, I have some really really tense conversation just about every week. I mean, in the end, people understand it's nobody's fault, and they they lash out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, I have to manage that the the, the mood of my clients uh, as bad as I can, but you know, it's it's tough for everyone, really. I'm sure you do a fabulous job of it, Christelle. I could talk about this with you all day, and I wish I, I could. Yeah. But our time is up, my friends. We are going to have to end our show for today. I thank you so much for coming on and providing such wonderful information and sharing your thoughts with our guests. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a delight. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you for having me. You can learn more about Christelle by visiting www.helpimmigrate.com. That's H-E-L-P-I-M-M-I-G-R-A-T-E.com. You can also connect with Christelle via LinkedIn, her LinkedIn account, and via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, the music provided by the very talented Stephen Bersaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective, and until next time, keep raising the bar. Wow.